This is uh, News Talk 710 Cairo. You are listening to Too Beautiful to Live. We're a brand new radio show tonight, and we just want to thank you for staying with us for all three hours. Uh, you know, this is a work in progress. We're still figuring a few things out, uh, and so we do appreciate your patience. Uh, and I just found out that there are all these instant messages that have been flooding in my inbox the whole night, but I didn't know how to check it. So I just want to run through uh, a couple of, of them. Uh, let's see. This person says, um, it's nice to have a change of uh, pace from the sports with Mike Brown. You should alternate with him. The biggest turnoff with me regarding your show is the title. You have a good speaking voice, but more thought should have gone into it with this, with what the show would be called. The title dumbs down the show. You are attempting to provide Mrs. Freeman from Auburn. Oh. It's very, you, you, you make possibly a good point, Mrs. Freeman. If it makes you feel better, you can just call it uh, TBTL. Yeah. And forget that it stands for Too Beautiful to Live. Uh, here comes an instant message. Uh, the Seahawks advance to the playoffs and suddenly sports talk disappears. Get off the radio, you gay man. Wow. That's how angry. Did, how did you know? Uh, instant <laughs> message. Luke, welcome aboard. But let me say how ecstatic I am to hear Jen back on the radio. Missed you, girl. Luke, she'll save your sorry behind. Barb on Capitol Hill. Oh, uh. Barb. That's, that's some love for you. That's precious. Uh, another instant message just uh, coming into the inbox. Geez, this sounds more unprofessional than most college shows. <laughs> uh, here's a uh, you got to give this person this next instant message. You got to give them credit for um, succinctness. Boring. Oh. All caps, one word, no punctuation. Uh, I think and, we've not been boring. I think we've had some rough spots, but boring is not fair. Yeah. Here's another fan. What's that I hear? Several thousand radio dials turning to the off position. Oh. I bet you a hundred bucks that person is listening to hear if I was going to read that instant message, though. And you did, so that's good. Yeah, exactly. And uh, let's see. Let me find one that doesn't have the F word in it. Uh, <laughs> this is a good one. Please, dot, 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 no more. We give up. All right. Well, we're about to give up here, too. Uh, this has been the first ever edition of Too Beautiful to Live. The Little Red Bandwagon, the podcast inspired by a podcast that's too beautiful to live. From the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, I'm Ann Lundholm. Every Monday we bring you a show where we recap the previous week of TBTL, but this is a Friday clip show where we pick a theme, we listen to some clips, and we talk about them. And joining me as always from NECA Wafer Studios in Linwood, Washington, it's the nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello, Christy. Hello, Anne. Christy, this is the final clip show. What? I wasn't <laughs> mentally prepared for this. <laughs> I needed like a buildup for this. <laughs> this is why we're doing a four-week rundown of LRB. <sighs> it's just that I we only know. have one clip show in that time. Oh my gosh. I needed like your notice from from the shop. I needed about four months ago you to say, okay, three more. <laughs> okay, two more. <laughs> oh. This is our last ever clip show. Well, that's not. I mean, there's nothing to stop us from doing more clip shows. 
we can yes. come up with other audio and things. <laughs> I don't know. Clip shows of crazy ex-girlfriend. Ooh, I'm in. See there, I got to figure it out. Uh, I hope everybody's listened to the most recent recap <laughs> so that they know oh, that we have decided to move on from being a show that's based around our fandom of TBTL. So this will be the last time that you and I are going to take this little journey back into the days of yore and laugh over some goofy TBTL topic. And since LRB has focused on review and criticism of the show, some of which has been pointed at times and justified Mm -hmm. (laughs) i thought it would be fitting to listen to sometimes when they received feedback from sources other than us it's gonna be fun to talk about the way that luke and jen and andrew have handled it when people gave them feedback and honestly i wasn't exactly sure what i was gonna find when i went digging but these clips are really funny they're so great Mm-hmm. This was a great topic to to go out on. Yeah. Uh, and so, as always, we'll start with some general discussion. We'll play and discuss those TBTL clips. We'll clean some house and tell everybody how you can get involved with the show. But before we get to the clips, Christy, how yes. good are you at taking criticism? Well, you know, Anne, a couple weeks ago, I would have said, oh, I am so good at it. However... I have this new job position and I'm having a raging case of, uh, what is it called? Imposter syndrome. Mm. And I've had, I've been doing this job since May, but I don't officially have it yet, quote unquote, because we're waiting for budget and like HR crap. So I've been doing it, um, but still doing my old job and doing this new one. And I had this big project and I'm supposed to take feedback from people and put it into tickets for the developers to fix and test and do all that stuff. So I did that and I was really excited and I would test things over and over again to make sure I got it right and the steps and screenshots and went way over what was expected of me. And then this other person on my team just started closing the tickets. Duplicate. You should not be, you should not be assigning these kind of tickets this is a this should be later on and no one told me that there was like different grades of tickets it's all you do this there was like very little direction given Mm. to me and she and it probably doesn't mean anything but I took that as you are terrible at your job Mm -hmm. and you're dumb (laughs) so so I did not take it very well obviously And I'm like, I should probably start looking for new jobs because I'm terrible at this. But that's so unfair when you're judged by a measure you didn't understand existed. Yes. If they neglect to tell you an element and you do that element wrong. See, I feel like that's injustice. My sense of injustice really comes Thank out you. strong. I'm like, but I, I didn't know. I think I've talked about this before, but when I started at the University of Minnesota and Uh, I was getting into working with the utility metering and there was this whole sort of half finished initiative to get all the utility meters on campus kind of like hooked up to the internet so that we could read them from my desk instead of like having a bunch of guys go out with clipboards and pencils to read them. And when I got there, they basically gave me a set of keys to the mechanical rooms and the tunnels and said, go get them. And I was like, what? What? Like, 
I the records were so terrible that I had to go out and find all mm, 400 plus meters and sort of catalog what state they were in. Um, are they set up and ready to go? Do they have everything except the internet connection? Do they not have the wiring? Is there no electrical box? I had to go and lay eyes on all of them. And so I went down into the steam tunnels to look for some meters that were in there. And I did not know that you were supposed to notify tunnel security <laughs> before you went what? into the tunnels. So they saw me on cameras and were like, shit, who's that person walking around with a backpack? Because you're not supposed to be down there. Right. Just and you just look like a student, right? I did look like a student. There's, they have like some some gases can sometimes build up like way below the earth, and they have to vent them out. And so if there's like somebody running out around in there that's unsupervised, you know, there's a lot of like steam pipes that are 300 degrees. And if you, you know, if nobody knows you're down there and you got hurt, nobody would ever find you. And so that's why it's so important to tell people that you're going and they called the police and the police <laughs> brought the canine unit oh, no. <laughs> because the they story. they won't go the police won't go into an enclosed space after anyone and in the end the general foreman of the steam crew was on a conference call with tunnel security and the police and tunnel security like emailed over a still from one of the cameras and he said i know that girl stop, <laughs> stop. <laughs> otherwise i would have had the police dog set on me oh and then after gosh. that the fallout was everybody had to have these big meetings about communication and how you had to go through the proper channels and i was like that's fine but nobody told me Right. That you had to do this. It wasn't that I was ignoring it, not following protocols, anything. It's that I seriously did not know a thing about it. Yeah, Whoops. see, that's the same with mine is it was the first time we've ever done anything like this. So I don't know the rules that haven't been created. <laughs> same as you, right? You just get so mad about it. Yes. I'm like, if I do something stupid, that's one thing, but come on now. And like, granted, she didn't say, she wasn't rude, this shouldn't be done. She is very technical and just closed it as mm -hmm. this is a duplicate. So to me, it was like, why did you do that? That's already right. there. You right, should have right, looked right. better. <laughs> and same with you, right? Like, well, why did you guys set me up for this? You know? <laughs> So I guess we both are terrible at being criticized. I guess we are. <laughs> I would say that I'm initially bad at accepting criticism. I get really defensive. I think a lot of us do. But one of my better qualities is that if you give me a few minutes to think about it, then I will say, okay, where's the truth in this? Mm -hmm. Is this something that I should address? Let's talk about it. And I can come back and have like a productive, reasonable discussion about it afterwards. It's just in those initial few minutes. I, like, you know, you sort of get that weird fight or flight mm -hmm. kind of response. And right. I think, I think everybody gets that, but just some people, it lasts a lot longer yeah. than others. <laughs> I'm lucky in that I have a relatively like short 
period of that. You've done a lot of therapy to get there. I've always been a little bit like that, but definitely improved. When you learn your own triggers. Yeah, that's true. But you, you also put yourself out there a lot with your singing. I would never be able to do that. I mean, first of all, I have a terrible voice, so no one wants to hear it. Um, And secondly, I just don't, I wouldn't want someone to judge me for that. So maybe you got a thicker skin because of that. Uh, I get really mad, though. I remember one particular piece that we were doing for a concert, and I somehow had learned it incorrectly. And not to make excuses for myself, it was just this one note in this one spot, and it was right as you turned the page. So I, my brain just assigned it a little bit differently, and I was actually still within the chord. It was just a different note on the chord, mm-hmm. and I went through the whole like 15-week rehearsal process. And then at the final rehearsal, someone was like, who's singing that wrong note? And you're singing the wrong note. And I got so mad because I was like, I lead this freaking section. I sing every note but this one perfectly. Can't you give me this one GD note that I get to sing wrong? <laughs> or maybe they're singing it wrong and they need to change to be to you. Yeah, maybe my way is yeah, better. Right. <laughs> maybe Mendelssohn or whoever didn't know what he was doing. Yes. And I, I'm just improving <laughs> No, I have a real raging case of perfectionism, so... When I get something wrong, that really bothers me. Mm-hmm. It makes me defensive. Actually, I was thinking probably you and I have some of the same problems because we're both people pleasers. Yep. Like Oldest serious. Oldest child, people pleasers. Yep. Serious people <laughs> pleasers. And I think that when you spend so much try- time and you try so hard that when people indicate that you haven't measured up in some way, it's really crushing like if I just went around and half-assed everything all the time I wouldn't care but as we know I am a full asser in (laughs) (laughs) more ways than one (laughs) I love that and so it really really is hard for me to take when I have put so much time and so much effort and thought so hard I'm a lot like Andrew Walsh in that way I think that's one of his issues as well that it can be so hard when you try and try and try and still you fail. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I hate that. Like when I try really hard at something and put all all of me into it, right? A lot of effort and then someone criticizes it. But I also hate being criticized for things that I can't help, yep. such as my voice, which mm-hmm. when we started this podcast, there were a couple people that gave me feedback that they didn't like my voice. Which is so stupid because you have a wonderful speaking voice. Oh, thank you. And also, I mean, so one of the criticisms was my Midwest accent. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. I yeah. don't think I have it. When I get around like people that have it severely or Canadians, I do start to get it. I don't think I have it that much. There's probably a couple, couple words. But that's why I then brought on you to take over for me is because I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> What do they say? Hold my beer. Yep. <laughs> let's bring some real Midwest. You and Meredith, let's do this. <laughs> you want a Midwest accent? I'll give you a Midwest accent. <laughs> and you don't even have it that much. But I I mean, I certainly do more than non-Midwesterners, but you should hear my Wisconsin relatives. Oh, I'm Holy sure. <laughs> cow. 
I have an uncle who is an uncle who is a farmer in Barron, Wisconsin, where the big city is Rice Lake, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> and he was interviewed on the news. It was a news story that made its way all the way here to the Twin Cities. And I was like, oh, my God, that's what he sounds like. Like when I actually heard it on TV, <laughs> I was like, oh, no, this is what Californians think I sound like. <laughs> I don't think you sound like that. Well, I hope not. I hope it's charming more than anything. It is. You know, but yeah, we can't help our voices. Nope, can't help our accents unless you take like extensive training to mm-hmm. get rid of it or change it or whatever. There's a lot of, I mean, like, there's stuff you can't help about yourself, how tall you are, um, you know, that I don't want to hear your opinion about it. When I was in uh, speech and debate, I was rehearsing with my coach and I was using the word bean as in I have been sad or I have been whatever and she says mm-hmm. no you don't say it that way people who say bean it sound like they lived in Europe and I said I did live in Europe <laughs> and she was like oh <laughs> <laughs> boom roasted is that what she said <laughs> well let's get into these clips okay now let's that we know how sensitive we are <laughs> let's listen to how sensitive our TBTL hosts are this is a little bit luke centric but that's okay mm-hmm. jen gets in there andrew gets in there but luke's the one who always has the most extreme reactions <laughs> to all this stuff yes. so he makes the best clips and as always i would like to thank the archivists who made this show possible by doing the research and cataloging these shows some good ones today i mean you know, not like all those other lame archivists from the other shows <laughs> But we have clips courtesy of Amy Shepard, of our good friend Bob Stein, and our other good friend Laura Nagai. They all came up with these clips. A few, and Anne. A I'd few like to that thank Anne. <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, hit the first one. This is from uh, just about a month into the radio show. And they're doing a feedback segment, and they have received an actual paper letter in the mail. Just want to say, before we even play this, how tickled I am by how excited Jen is over the stamp. Yes. Like Luke has to drag her back on topic. (laughs) So let's let's roll that clip. So we get a lot of listener email here at this show because we're, we're for the youth. And with the uh, with the internets and all that stuff, but every once in a while we actually get a uh, a real some of that real paper letter with a stamp with a stamp even written in cursive even. I don't know anybody under under sixty who writes in cursive anymore. Do you write in cursive, Jennifer? No. How about you, Shonda Tori? Cursive for you? Uh, it's kind of a hybrid between cursive and, and regular writing and hieroglyphs. Hieroglyphs. That's right. why you, you always put a guy with a cat head. In like every third letter. That's right. Seems like it's time consuming. It's not wingdings. It's hieroglyphs. <laughs> Do you know there's a conspiracy theory about wingding? Oh, are you going to say about the 9/11? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know about it. I don't actually know much about it either. It was a trivia question, uh, but it was that there was apparently some kind of conspiracy theory about 9/11 it has to do with the wingding font. Oh. Yeah. I. 
you could totally look that up on, on the on the Googles. Yeah, but as we learned from our friend Farhad Manju, we may have more information, but we're not getting more informed. We're not becoming more informed because that could be BS. My hunch is it probably is. I'm just sitting here realizing that I can't even remember the cursive for Q, like for the capital letter Q, because it feels like it was kind of a two with a curly Q. I did a lot of I did a lot of guessing uh, when I was learning cursive on certain letters, uh -huh. like a Q and like a capital, like a Z always gave me trouble. Uh -huh. I've always liked the Zs and J. I've always liked J. I could do it right here like that. Yeah, J J yeah. was fun because you got to do. You had it above the line and below the line. Yeah, you went up into the attic and down yeah. into the basement. Yeah, and if you made the bottom of the J, it was very satisfying. But some letters, like a, a lowercase r, not satisfying to write at all, I would say, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. it's a little amorphous. Uh -huh. Well, anyway, listener uh, Sherry writes in cursive, to Cairo Radio, comma, 710. Uh, I'm not in the age group. You're trying to cater to. Okay, this is. Jen, I'm going to bring this letter to you. Okay, because <laughs> I've actually read it. I can't really read time. cursive. No, don't move. Don't move. You're still in hypoglycemic shock. That's I'm true. going to bring it to you. <laughs> okay. This is so. Um, Hold on. <laughs> I have actually read it enough that I'll be able to go straight okay. through without a problem. Okay, no problem. Be in the female voice. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, and she even used a reindeer stamp. I love it. Okay. All right, all right. Don't get distracted with the stamps as, okay. as you often. I do get distracted. Get distracted. I'm not in the age group you're trying to cater to, but I just had to say something about the name of your new program, Too Beautiful to Live. My first thought that it would be a soap opera and the beautiful star would end up killing herself. <laughs> that wasn't the case, I know now. Yet. After listening a few times, it's not my kind of program, but I like it better than sports. <laughs> that should be our new catchphrase you know we're just putting yeah. together a we're going to have uh, uh, our own page in iTunes very soon so you'll be able to go to iTunes and just search for TBTL or Too Beautiful to Live and you'll get our show and you can podcast it very easily you don't have to podcast all the other shows um, and maybe our we're supposed to have a subtitle right um, and I didn't put a subtitle in because I couldn't think of one maybe it should be it's not my kind of show but I like it better than sports I like that <laughs> That's like listener feedback or yeah. endorsement. Absolutely. As an old lady, even I read Rant and Rave in the Sunday Times, so I enjoy Jennifer's comments. Um, by the way, what did I say the first time you were talking about reading Rants and Raves? That I was a grandma. You were a total, total, total grandma. <laughs> and now a grandma, a very sweet grandma who we love, yeah. is writing you in longhand. I also enjoy Rants and Raves. It's She's my kindred spirit, like in Anne of Green Gables. Sure. Puffed sleeves. <laughs> Why can't they rename the program On the Town? <laughs> or something more upbeat than TBTL so people don't think it is doomed. Sincerely, Sherry. Um, well, what do you think? On the Town? I think that's a Fred Astaire movie. I think it's taken. Is that putting on the Ritz? I don't know. I'm sure that there is a Fred Astaire. There's one of those old-timey movies. Called, named, on the called on the town town and, talk and sometimes we're on the town but that's not all inclusive of our programming no i i, I first of all sherry the lady's name sherry right yes sherry thank you so much for writing and, and thanks for listening appreciate mm -hmm. that very much mm -hmm. i don't know if i don't know if on the town would be the best name for us because it kind of sounds like 
You used to live in New York. Do you remember a guy named George Whipple who mm-hmm. was on New York One and he has eyebrows? Yes, I do. His eyebrows were like two, like each one of his eyebrows was like two Michael Dukakis eyebrows, if that gives you an idea for yeah. just how huge they were. Yeah. And he's on this uh, local cable channel, New York One, there, and he does movie reviews. And he goes, George Whipple, New York One, and he's just terrifying. Look, he makes Gene Shalit look normal. <laughs> okay? And uh, he, if George Whipple had his own segment, on at uh, New York One, it would be called Town Talk, or, what's, or On the Town, what does she want to call it? On the Town. be called On the Town. What I appreciate is that she didn't just say she didn't like it, but she gave a suggestion, which I always appreciate. That's constructive. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And, and I don't think we're going we're gonna to call it On the Town, but I appreciate that she didn't just say, I hate your name. She said, I feel like it sounds doomed, and I want you to do well and to name it something not as doomed. And you know, one of the things that I get a, I, I get a little worried about is that we like to joke a lot about getting negative feedback. Um, because at the beginning of this show, we did seem to get a lot of people going, what exactly are you doing? But now I would say that the positive feedback runs, it runs 10 to 1, nice emails to, to uh, mean emails. In fact, the mean emails are, 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 have mostly dried up. But... Mo- uh, I'd say half the positive emails are going, don't let all those mean people get you down. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of worry out yeah. there in the <laughs> in the Seattle and American radio audience. Yeah. I just want to take a, a moment to tell you we're going to be fine. Yeah, we're doing great. TBTL is overcomers. Um, let's get this out of the way, okay. Christy. Had you heard of this 9-11 wingding <laughs> conspiracy? Yes. yes, it's so lame. I, I do looked it up you did okay i was gonna say i had to remind myself but i remember when this came out this is so stupid i will tell people uh who are not familiar i found this article from metro.co.uk so british i guess it says this time every year 9-11 conspiracy theorists circulate a rumor about microsoft's wingdings predicting the horror it's true to say that the font does contain some bizarre links to the attack. Okay, here's the thing now. For example, type in the airline flight number Q33NY into Microsoft Word, enlarge it to the max, then highlight and change the font to Wingdings. It turns into a plane, followed by two symbols which look like the Twin Towers, then a skull and crossbones, and the Star of David. Oh, I see it. <laughs> mm, yes. Oh Must gosh. be true. <laughs> and uh, I guess the other one is uh, the letters NYC, as in New York City. Type this in in uppercase and change to wingdings. A skull and crossbones, the star of David, and a thumbs up is the result. <laughs> Not sure what the star of David has to do with any of these unless it's we're targeting new york city because that's where all the jews live uh, exactly it, it's so weird um <laughs> also maybe microsoft should have just taken the star of david out that's kind of a strange symbol to be in there anyways i don't know i mean obviously i'm not jewish so i have very little need to use the star of david <laughs> for any reason but do jewish people well if need you it? use the letter y ever in wingdings right i guess (laughs) this is just silliness but really that was an aside for this clip it was just one of those things where you heard it and you were like what come on now (laughs) let's talk about grandma sherry yes oh i love her i wish she was my grandma (laughs) i really 
Um, I like that Luke pointed out that what he appreciates about Grandma Sherry is that, um, oh no, it's Jen, appreciates constructive criticism. That she didn't just write in and say, I hate the name of the show. That she actually made a suggestion for a new name. And here's the thing. We are looking for a new name for our new podcast. I think we should put on the town. It's in there the now. Ring. That's what I thought. Grandma Sherry is a genius. Mm-hmm. I, I don't care if it's a Fred Astaire movie or whatever it was. <laughs> OTT. That's what we could go by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in there. It's it's in the hopper now. Oh, good. Um, do we put it in the Slack channel before this episode comes out so that the rest of the LRB crew is like, what are you two smoking? I like this idea. <laughs> they won't know the genius of Grandma Sherry. Mm-hmm, until this comes out. <laughs> um, I also wrote down the quote, it's not my kind of show, but I like it better than sports. <laughs> Same. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's so great. Um, I would like to talk about cursive. All right. Do you know how to write cursive? I do. Because we were taught that, right? right? Although I do, I'm a little bit like Sean. I Some things seem to be a little bit too much trouble, usually like capital letters. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the last time I wrote a capital Q. You just write a regular printed Q and then you write the yeah. rest of it in cursive so you regularly write in cursive yeah I do a lot of scribbling at work Mm. I still like a paper and pencil Mm -hmm. I think it helps me think so I do a lot of math scribbling and then I do a lot of notating and stuff Mm -hmm. that's just scratch writing and silliness and I wouldn't say it's not like you know the people of previous generations all have kind of the same handwriting yeah You know, like in our grandparents' age, it all pretty much looks the same. Mine doesn't really look boilerplate, but it's identifiable as cursive. Mm -hmm. And if I tried, I could do it pretty well. Yeah, if I tried, I could do it. But my just printing is a hybrid of of both. But there's letters that are bullshit in um, (laughs) cursive that I don't do. Such as? Um, let's see. R, S's, B's, F, and Q's. What's wrong with B's? B's because it has that, it, it, you have to do like the loop and then oh. the bubble and then the off. It's just too much where you can just go a B, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm it just saying like for faster printing. Yeah, right. I have terrible handwriting anyway. So it's that, I mean, maybe if I took my time and did that, that mm-hmm. it, it would look better. But my favorite letter to draw is an L capital L and Mm -hmm. so much so that in my actual official signature I it's I just write C L Y's just because I wanted to write the L (laughs) (laughs) it looks fancy well I agree and I'm lucky enough that I have a last name that starts with L so so I write it a lot oh man do you do a, a cursive A um, what is the cursive A now? I just write, it's like, it just looks like a large lowercase A. Yeah. So yeah. That's what you do. Mm-hmm. Nice. So what's your favorite uh, letters to write? Probably I like the L. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this is so fancy looking. <laughs> what on earth are we talking about, Christy? <laughs> is this we're how we cool. want to spend our we're final cool. clip show? <laughs> well, I do. <laughs> I do like Z's. But see, here's the thing is that I have a little extra option because since I was a math major, I had to write in Greek symbols all the time. Oh, fancy. So that kind of takes some of the excitement of capital cursive letters. (laughs) That makes sense. Because normally you write in... um, Greek capital letters, but some equations you get so far down the line in your variables that you do start using uh, lowercase Greek letters. Those are the hard ones. I'm going to have to look those up. I didn't get to math that had Greek letters. (laughs) I got to X and Y, and that's about it. Well, that's the beautiful thing about math is that X and Y are just their convenience. You You could make them be anything. It doesn't have to be X and Y. It is so beautiful. That's what I think of when I think of math. Beautiful. <laughs> um. Anyway, so back to cursive. Uh, Luke can't read it, which is kind of funny. Although, yeah. do you think that the um, millennials in general the can? Yes, the youths. I don't. I don't think so. What I know about it, just from what I know about elementary school, is that. It's not required like it used to be, but it's Mm -hmm. something that the teachers can decide to do. So Mm -hmm. if you luck out and get a teacher that teaches it, then you do it. They mostly are just learning how to type on computers because cursive is dead. Hmm. I'm just saying like that's the thought. I mean, there's a certain practicality to that, right? It's true. We don't do a whole lot of writing anymore. Why would we? But I think teaching writing is good just for dexterity purposes right yep it can't all you you don't learn the same sorts of physical dexterity only with the computer game right with the the joystick and the a and b buttons or whatever the kids are using now i think learning how to write really develops those hand muscles well and how are how are people going to like have actual signatures? True. It'll just be e-signing everything. We'll just be using our thumbprints. Yep, I guess so. That's and true. Touch screen. Mm. Well, it's a brave new world. Yes. Sad. All right, should we go on? Yes. All right. This is from almost a year into the show, right? Oh no, I guess yeah, kind of. Um Close. November 7th of 2008. Um Luke reads a lot of listener corrections. Um, but speaking of uh, of uh, River Phoenix, or excuse me, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, we'll just start off with a, a quick email I got from a, a listener whose whose uh, the subject line or the you know the the automatic the thing where the person's name comes in says his name is Tyler, but he signs it Jebediah. So I'm not sure if it's either Tyler or Jebediah. But whatever your name is, mystery listener, he did not appreciate us giving Joaquin Phoenix so much crap last night for uh, his artism. For me to like to be able to to connote that like my artism is bigger than that. Uh, dear Mr. Burbank, writes uh, this guy Jebediah, I feel ambiguous to defend Joaquin Phoenix. Connote and artism 
are perfectly cromulent words. <laughs> Sincerely, Jebediah. <laughs> I don't know why cromulent makes me laugh so much. That's a great word. That's awesome. We need to start building a river, uh, or, or a Joaquin. First, I need to really figure out the difference between the guy who's dead and the guy who's trying to kill himself with drugs. <laughs> and then second, we need to start compiling some kind of Joaquin Phoenix lexicon, uh, much like we've done with uh, Gary Busey mm-hmm. and his uh, Busonyms. Uh, I'll read this to you again because it's short but sweet. Dear Mr. Rubank, I feel embiggened to defend Joaquin Phoenix. Canote and artism are perfectly cromulent words. <laughs> Sincerely, Jebediah. Oh, that's great. That is real great. I uh, um, I appreciate getting that email today. Now, on to things uh, of a less less fun nature. Last night we started the show uh, with a little correction from me because I had been talking a couple of nights ago about Palookaville, about the city of Hoboken. I called it Palookaville, and then I attributed that to Frank Sinatra, um, which I guess was incorrect. I went and did a little research, and then last night on the show I started the show a big mea culpa. My bad. I had uh, made some mistakes. In fact, Palookaville, Palookaville that term uh, derives originally from the movie I said last night. It derives from um, uh, on, the on the Waterfront, where Stanley Kowalski, as played by Marlon Brando, <laughs> says you know, he's got a one-way ticket to Palookaville. So I was correcting it last night, and I went home. I felt very good. I slept the sleep of the righteous. And then I got up, and I found this email from uh, our new friend Kevin who writes, I have recently become addicted to TBTL while living in rural Mexico. I am forced to drive, uh, travel tw- 120 miles round trip for internet access so that I can download your podcasts. I live for your show. But you should know a couple of things in the interest of absolute honesty and accuracy. Uh, Stanley Kowalski appears in Tennessee Williams' A Streetcar Named Desire. Not Bud Schulberg's On the Waterfront, as you said. Where Marlon, while Marlon Brando performed both roles brilliantly, he was Terry Malloy in On the Waterfront and Stanley Kowalski in uh, Streetcar Named Desire. So my correction actually had a major error in it. <laughs> my bad. And it should be mentioned, he had another point. Uh, the other night I had referred to uh, the demise of newspapers, uh, and I said, there's that famous picture of Franklin uh, Delano Roosevelt holding up a a, a copy of a newspaper. It's not. Uh, And uh, his second point from our new friend Kevin is that uh, the museum photo you referred to was actually Harry Truman holding up the headline of the Chicago Tribune, November 2nd, 1948. I've I've attached a photo for your benefit. I checked the photo. He's very right. In your defense, however, you did not definitively say it was FDR. You said it was a president. I'm not sure who it was. Maybe right. it was FDR. I don't think he was calling in or emailing in to correct me as much as to just say, here's the answer. And I also see. our friend Lauren uh, sent along an email to the same effect. So lots of people caught that. I'm sorry. I should stop even uh, uh, trying to correct myself because even the corrections are themselves error riddled. Uh, the differences between Ohio University and Ohio State University. Another mistake that I made concerning the uh, uh, the collegiate origins of one Matt Lauer. Um, so a listener, Alicia, a time bandit from Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, says, I thought that Matt Lauer went to Ohio State. He actually went to uh, University of Ohio. Uh, and then we got talking on the subject of Miami University of Ohio. Uh, Alicia writes, I have just listened to yesterday's episode when you talked about the correction of when Matt Lauer 
uh, uh, where he graduated, and you got all confused about if OU was different from OSU. Ohio University is located in Athens, Ohio, and the Ohio State University is located in Columbus. I don't go to either university. I actually go to Xavier University. Uh, which can't really be confused with any of the other universities in Ohio. But I do know that by just confusing the two causes great pain in alumni from both universities. Also, side note to Jen's comment about Miami University, it's actually located in Oxford, Ohio, about two hours north of Cincinnati. I personally always wonder why the university was called Miami University, but I guess Oxford University was already taken, and they really couldn't compete with that title. Hope this helps a time bandit from Cincinnati, Ohio, Alicia. So... As far as I can tell, that has corrected all of the errors in the last two shows. What I'm going to try to do going forward is really mind my P's and Q's. And my goal, and really my promise to you, the tens of listeners, is that I will never make another mistake ever in the history, in the going forward history of this show, which I guess wouldn't really be history, but in the future of this show. In our future dealings, I will never, ever make another error. That is a cromulent statement. (laughs) I love this so much. I love that this was a segment. They Mm -hmm. were so lighthearted and funny about it. Um, And it would never happen today. No. Can you imagine? No, of course not. And I was just thinking about how sharpshooting itself used to be like a whole segment that used to be like oh, okay the, well this is what we missed yesterday thank you to listener blah 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 for sending this in so much so that one of the tbtlathons was a sharpshooting book oh, the I little have notebook that. yes i remember that that would never happen today <laughs> and i mean that is a small way to get listener engagement mm-hmm. that didn't cost anything and it gets people excited to hear their name, like, oh, I'm the one that told them that. And I remember listening and being like, oh, not only you messed this up, or I have a story about that. And I would send in, or people would send in emails like, oh, I have a story about this. And a lot, I mean, most of the time, Jen would respond to you mm-hmm. and say, oh, that's great. That's a great story. Can you tell me more? And she would always remember it. The first time you would, when you would see her next, tell me more about that story or how is that going? Um, it was amazing. We love you, Jen. <laughs> Wait, we say say that later. Yeah. <laughs> so they kind of um, they start this clip with this um, letter from somebody who uses the words ambiguous and cromulent, <laughs> and they're both just laughing the whole time at it, like. It's a big joke. I don't think either one of them realizes those are real words. Oh, I thought that they were they were laughing because it was just a funny thing to that person to be defending Joaquin Phoenix. Maybe. By using these words that sounded not real. So maybe both. <laughs> I got the impression that they were like laughing because they had criticized Joaquin Phoenix for using made-up words, right? like artism, artism. and so forth. <laughs> and then this person was using made-up words to correct them. But I did go and look, and Biggin and Cromulent have both been in use since 1996. And Biggin is in the dictionary. I mean, it's stupid, right? It's not a real mm. word, but it's in Merriam-Webster now. So it is. Cromulent is a little less clear. I found some articles written about it, but I don't find it actually 
in a dictionary. Hmm. So I'm surprised Luke didn't know that one. He's not as big a Simpsons fan as Andrew is, but it is a Simpsons reference. Oh, is it? What is it? Yeah. Cromulent? I don't know. Ask Bobby. Yeah. Oh, wait. Don't, don't ask care. Bobby. <laughs> But I just love this spiral of nested corrections that Luke (laughs) has to make from Palookaville to On the Waterfront and Marlon Brando and University. (laughs) He has a thing about a streetcar named Desire because he has gotten facts wrong on that (laughs) over the years. Well, and it's funny because Carrie is a huge Brando fan. So maybe he won't ever make a mistake again over that. I think it's just one of those things that implanted itself in his brain incorrectly. I think we all have those, but he keeps bringing it up. That's really, I don't know if that's one of the endearing things or one of the irritating things about Luke is that he's perfectly willing to act as though he's right, even if he only has the vaguest idea about something. Right. He'll hear With it. With conviction, he'll say it louder yes, and louder. exactly. <laughs> and he does talk about it so authoritatively, like, yes, I know this for sure. I mean, that is definitely a personality trait. I don't mm-hmm. have it because I don't like to be wrong. So Exactly. Um, yeah, I just love the idea of it Friday. I mean, I wish that they could do something like this now is like every Friday they just read it and they don't even have to say it just like, well, we said this, we meant that and just read all of them Mm -hmm. down like this in a row would be hilarious. These are the actresses names that Andrew could not think of (laughs) this week. (laughs) Yes. And it doesn't even, I mean, they don't have to be like, you guys are terrible and right. you never do this. It, it just, these things are the things that you said wrong. Mm-hmm. Okay. That would be a hilarious thing. Yeah. Hey guys, I thought you might, you might find this helpful to know this. That in fact, it was not FDR holding up the newspaper <laughs> in the famous picture got the that president says Dewey beats wrong. Truman. He got the president <laughs> wrong, the year wrong, the paper wrong. <laughs> I love it so much. And see, he could have just taken that and been like, well, I'm never going to say that again and been Mm -hmm. like mad about it. But instead, it became a hilarious joke Mm -hmm. (laughs) because he was like in on the joke and was making fun of himself. And that made it funny. Yep. And then he promised that from this day forth, I will never make an error again. Ever, ever again. And 11 years later, (laughs) he's right. (laughs) Exactly. He's never made any more factual errors (laughs) in the last 2,850 shows or however many it's been since then. No more errors. Yeah. Perfect. In every way. (laughs) All right. Let's go on to the next clip. Uh, This was something that I was very happy to see pop up in the um, archives because it's something that I've remembered for a long time. It's from January 26th of 2009. uh, And Luke traded emails with a listener he characterized as snippy and ended up coming up with a new uh, catchphrase, I guess, for the show. 
I've got another, I've got another hot one. I got a, a kind of not angry, but slightly snippy email from someone who didn't like a segment that we'd done. And I, I emailed the person back and I thought I was really, really polite to them. And I just said like, I think here's what's going on and this is what we meant and da da da. And then the person, then they sent me back what I felt like was a way more snippy email. It was like, well, I'm sorry that you just think that this is the way it is, da da da. And then they put at the end, no reply necessary. So then I replied and I was like, well, this is what I think, da 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 da. No reply necessary. Oh my gosh. I say when there's no reply necessary. Oh no. So I did that this morning and Vanessa thought that it was that was the most hilarious slash petty thing in the history of the world. So all day today we've just been going NRN. <laughs> we'll just say something like, Oh, this is an amazing frittata. No reply necessary. <laughs> that is awesome. Is that, by the way, very childish right, of me? That's the best awesome of the night. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is a pretty thin list. Let's not lie. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think it's totally childish, but I love that now you're using it with Vanessa. That's great. <laughs> but we don't exactly know how to use it because we don't really have very many fights. So it just usually it can be used as like a positive. It can yeah. just be it's just something to put at the end no, of anything. You're just mentioning something and you're not expecting to have a conversation about it. NRN. It's a gorgeous day out. NRN. <laughs> <laughs> but you also think that I should not have I should not have gotten drawn into it with that person. Uh, no, because, well, what I think is that everybody has really strong feelings about stuff, and that's great. Yeah. Because Vanessa was amazed at how I reacted, so why it, bothered, it clearly bothered me so much that I felt like I needed to respond to tell them that there was no response necessary. Mm -hmm. And it was because we, you know, we still get occasionally, it's very, very less frequent than it used to be, we still get emails from people somewhat often that say, you suck. This is a terrible radio show. You're not good at it. And I, I don't think that's true. And I've also gotten that email so many times that I'm pretty immune to it. But there's this other kind of misunderstanding the show that really bothers me that this person was engaging in, I feel. And so for whatever reason, it just struck a nerve with me. And I also felt like I don't go to other people's jobs and tell them that they're not doing a good job. But because we're a radio show and we're kind of in the public eye or the public ear – People who hate it feel like it's totally appropriate to just like take time out of their day to tell us how much they hate us. And I just think there, are, I like I don't I don't go out of my way to tell if if somebody else is doing a terrible job as a barista or something. I just don't go there anymore. So every once in a while, I just think, hey, that was rude. And then you know what? This person wasn't actually by any means the rudest person I've ever interacted with. They were mostly civil, but they were it was very snotty. They were very pedantic. Mm -hmm. Like they sent for what happened was actually their follow up, their follow up uh, was sent from an iPhone and it and the signature was sent from iPhone. Apologies for any errors. Like that was their auto thing that would happen. And I just thought I don't want to be friends with that kind of person. And P.S. N.R.N. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break here on TBTL. No reply necessary, and then come back with more awesome, not awesome. Um, I really appreciate how Luke was like, I say when there's no reply necessary, <laughs> not you. <laughs> well, I feel like this around that time frame, I remember that this was a thing that you would say in business. Mm -hmm. Like 
it was just like a shortcut that you would put like, okay, you don't, we don't need to keep this thing going. I guess it's kind of the new way to do this is the thumbs up emoji. Got right. it, chief. No need to, to keep going, right? Well, and they made it a f- like a part of emails on the show. Mm-hmm. Like if you just wanted to write into them and let them know something, but yes. you weren't expecting to have a long conversation with Jen, in the subject line, you just put whatever your subject was and then NRN and they would know that they didn't have to write you back. Right. So he he got offended by it and was upset, but then also used it. So... I like it. I like that he just was using it in everyday speak with with Vanessa mm-hmm. and Ren. Sorry, but I do think he's he's sort of wrong. I get what he's saying about how like working in entertainment or those public facing sort of journalism jobs that people feel really free to criticize you, mm-hmm. and he says he would never tell a barista that they were doing a bad job. And I was mm. like, dude, people tell baristas that all the time. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Stand at a Starbucks for an hour. Ask his brother now. I mean, this was years ago, so he can't do that. Um, not only that, but you tip them when things are good, right? Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, I've heard this. This is like an old uh, thing that stand-ups say when people are heckling them. Um, there's like a, I'm not going to say it cause it's very vulgar, but there's something they say, but the problem is that your job, your chosen profession is to stand up and get validation from people. Mm-hmm. So it's good. The good and the bad, right? Yep. So he yep. puts it, he gets paid to be on the radio for three hours a day. And so you're going to have, I guess, some op-ons of people that, especially on Cairo, they had a uphill battle with that already um you're gonna have that and you can't compare it to you know being a data scientist or a barista or anything you just can't right and he can't use himself as an example to say well i would never be rude to a barista yeah but you would probably never write in a crazy rant to a radio show either Mm. because you're sort of a foundationally reasonable person (laughs) except for if that barista did not have Splenda and then we're going to have a conversation (laughs) (laughs) don't mess with the man's Splenda right was it didn't the person say well we can't just have every kind of sugar in the world I believe that's correct (laughs) my favorite response because it's so true (laughs) teachers nurses take a load of crap yes um i would bet anybody who works in the insurance industry oh my god takes crap politicians real journalists uh actors and sports figures god i could keep going probably mm-hmm. but sometimes the criticism isn't quite as public for other people but i promise you luke you're not the only one that right. has to <laughs> Take a load of shit. Yes. And as we have been talking about a little bit, no matter what people said to him, the things they said to Jen were worse. Oh, way worse. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Anne kept one out on purpose. She purposely left one out because it was so bad and so sad that we didn't want to bring our last show down. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was our last show at the time. <laughs> so I'm glad, but... 
Well, but what I told you was it was a clip that was really like interesting. It would have mm-hmm. made for great conversation, but it made me so sad to listen yeah. about how this person treated Jen. I was <sighs> like, nope, can't do it. That I mean, I don't know if there's people that are new to TBTL or didn't listen in the radio days, but um, how Cairo had it was it was live and then there was a message board, the old timey message boards before Facebook and you could just write things. And so people would live listen to it and be chatting back and forth. Well, everyone can access that page. And there was a lot of people because Cairo is a conservative religious, I mean, they're owned by religious, but sports. So it was conservative and then sports. And then this random show in the middle Mm -hmm. of the night that also had a woman that was a host and those things do not go together very well. And people just thought that they could just come on there and say whatever they wanted to about her, her looks, her voice, the things she said, it was awful. There was a lot of trolls. Yes. As there continue to be, I yes. can't understand how anybody would not love Jen. <sighs> Who cares? Yeah. Well, cause they didn't listen. True. And because they were buttheads. Yes. Rude. <laughs> All right, should I go to the next one? Do it. Okay, yep. this is from a year after they started, January 29th, 2009. Listener Timothy writes into Luke. I uh, I got an email today. You know, when we started doing this show, it, I have to say it was mostly people saying they hated the show. I mean, it was probably 95% vitriol. And then it was, and then Carl and Olympia, and then Wild Bill was pretty much it, and and your stepdad. Yeah, it was that was, uh, that was it was everyone in the world against those three guys, <laughs> and um, so but now thankfully most of the feedback we get is is people who like the show and tens and things like that. But every once in a while we still get an email from people that don't like the show. I got one today uh, at nine thirty seven a.m. from Timothy. Hi Luke. I will admit it right up front. I'm a 45-year-old straight white male. Okay. Thank you, Tim. I appreciate your honesty. I appreciate you just getting that out of the way. <laughs> I saw a name like Timothy. I, my mind went to all kinds of places. White, straight white male, you know, was not what I expected. So right there, you know, things have changed in my mind in terms of my perception of this email. I will admit right up front I'm a 45-year-old straight white male. I don't get your show. I've tried. I think it sucks. I listen at least once a week for a few minutes because I love your station. I'm trying, but I don't get it. You guys suck. Good luck to you anyway, Tim. Now, when you send me an email, because I kind of do actually get a lot of emails now, I have this auto-reply that is it's, it's pretty jokey, and it, it, it's, it's meant to hopefully make people amused enough that they're not mad that I'm not emailing them back personally all the time. So Tim, who just got done saying that the show sucks, gets a form rejection letter from me, essentially. And then so at at, at 9.42, five minutes later, he sends me back another message oh, replying dear. to my auto reply. And he says, OK, well, at least that was funny. <laughs> and I, I wow. here's here's my my prediction is that in in six months or a year. Lord willing, if the creeks don't rise, if we're still on the air, we'll get an email from Tim, and he will say, I'm a 10, I'm coming to your next, you know, whatever it is. 
took a while. I didn't get it at the beginning. I'm coming to the TBTL talent show. I'm very excited. I'm that guy who emailed you to say you suck, but then I liked your auto reply. Because that's how this show, that's how this show works. It grows on you like athlete's foot. Little by little, the next thing you know, you got a full-blown case of TBTL. So uh, anyway, thanks, Tim, for emailing, even though you don't like the show. You soon will. Don't worry. I loved this so much. I love that Luke read it because at, at first, you know, they had a lot of criticism because people were looking for their conservative station and all of a sudden this happened, right? Right. A quick changeover. That happens all the time, right? You don't listen and then all of a sudden your show's gone and there's this new thing. And usually they try to kind of put in a show that's similar, right? At least the same mindset. And this was not similar. So they're going to have some funny criticism, but the... the <laughs> And I loved so much that he compared it to having athlete's foot. <laughs> that is probably the best comparison. It just grows on you yes, little by little. Pretty soon you. you have a full-blown case to TVTL. Oh my, I'm glad he didn't go with something like genital warts or something. I don't know. Yeah. It is kind of the truth, though, because you listen to it. You know, you come from, wait, wait, don't tell me, or wherever mm. most of us came from. And you listen and you're like, this is weird. But then they start talking about something and you want to find out like what happened. And so you listen the next day and it's kind of boring. But then they start talking about something else that's going on in their lives. And you want to find out how that turned out. <laughs> and you listen the next day. And before you know it, athlete's foot. Full blown case of TBTL. <laughs> <laughs> this Timothy is kind of an odd character. <laughs> Yes. Right? Yes. He has to clarify immediately that he's a 45-year-old mm -hmm. straight white male. Yes. I don't know why he thinks he has to clarify that he's a straight white male. Because he wanted the Luke. privilege. He wanted the privilege that goes along with that. You can't tell that in an email. Clearly, he knows that Luke is male, but maybe he doesn't know that he is also white and straight. Oh, maybe. So I, just, I don't know why he has to give his description, but... It's sort of an odd mix where he's like, I don't get your show. I think it sucks, but good luck anyway. Yeah. I try and listen for a couple of minutes every night. At least he gives it the old college try. I, I, I mean, I remember that that was also criticism. Everyone thought, well, a lot of people thought Luke was gay and that him and Jen were married. Okay. They often sure. had mm -hmm. to clarify that they weren't married. I never thought that, but, no. you know, she talked about her husband enough he talked about his girlfriend and then mm -hmm. his other girlfriend and his ex-wife right. and then his current wife. So it's not that confusing. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I often wonder if that's part of what's at the root of like why he used to get in fights so much was because he's not like a broy bro and people would assume that he was gay, mm -hmm. you know, because that. he was smart and he worked and in public radio and, and yeah. yeah. And so that was kind of something that he felt like he wanted to do to counteract that, you know, back when it, people were still like, well, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. So Timothy also wants us to know that he's not gay. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally not gay. Do you think he became a listener? Do you think Luke's prediction was correct? I think Timothy became gay. Oh. You we'll finally had up. to be honest. Right. Yeah. Live his life. This is his true self. Yes. 
that email helped him to see the truth. Mm-hmm. And he's yep. also a listener. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Comes to all the events. Right. Especially the Mariners game because, yes. you know, he's still yes. into Has sports. Yes. Uh, let's go on to another funny segment. Um <laughs> For anybody who is a more recent listener of TBTL and does not know why they call the newsletter Hey Dummies, this clip is going to explain why. Nobody could hate the show uh, more than um, more than this listener, Sandra, who emailed us. What's the deal? I believe you're an audiophile. I don't know why she sounds like Hank Hill. Yeah, Boomhauer, what's the deal? <laughs> I believe you're an audiophile, right? How long have you been in radio? Did you listen to the dang thing before you posted it? You work for a station that has arguably some of the most desirable resources in the market. Did you ask Simber or IDK or an intern for a dang equalizer? Those are references. This person, she's trying to show us that she really knows what's up because she's referencing specific people that work at the radio station. It comes off as being somewhat abrasive, but to be fair to her, she had to take time off of her job selling kerosene or propane, <laughs> rather. To, yeah, uh, I'm one of the, I'm one of the leading propane salespeople in all of what part of Texas are they from? I, I don't recall. San Antonio, probably not. That was a guess. I want to say Harlan. Is that a place? Harlan, Texas? I, I feel like that Hogwarts, would ring a bigger Texas? bell. Hogwarts, Texas? Was uh, looking forward to hearing the genius of Lewis Black. And all I could do was go to iTunes to see if Dana Gould had posted a new... It also sounds a little bit like Huel Hauser, who's somebody that uh, our listeners who are either from Southern California or who listen to the Adam Carolla podcast, which is, by the way, a good podcast. I'd recommend you check that out sometime. Uh, he does a public television show in Southern California where he goes out and investigates things in Southern California, you know, old, like, an old apple pressing factory or, you know, Hmm. different kind of oddities of Southern California. But he talks a little bit like a person doing a bad impression of Hank Hill. (laughs) Is he on the podcast? Is he on Corolla's podcast as well? Or was he just on the radio show? I don't know if he's, I I bet they've interviewed him before, but Adam's obsessed with him. Hmm. Was looking forward to hearing the genius of Lewis Black, and all I could do was go to iTunes and see if Dana Gould had posted a new episode yet. Sorry, dude. Ladybird. I added Ladybird in because that's <laughs> Hank Hill's dog. I like starting a show with hate mail. Yeah, sure. So I sent Sandra what I thought was a reasonable response. Hey, dummy. The theater people recorded it. We figured playing it was better than not playing it. Have fun listening to other podcasts. We can't wait to not have you as part of the two and a half million downloads the show gets each month. Best, Luke. So, I think we can all agree I handled that with grace. Oh, absolutely. Because a lesser man would have just ignored it. Yeah, but I'm not a lesser man. No, not at all. You're not afraid just to get in the mud and wrestle with with the angry listeners. Yeah, says the person who the other day was getting into a beef with a listener over something. But I wasn't getting into a beef. See, I was de- least, I was de-escalating. I had a, I can't remember her that name was, anymore. I was de-escalating that. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. I was, de- I was de-entwording that. Oh, God, that's so different. Hey, dummy. That makes it a lot No, I had a night. I feel like you don't start every I... You don't start every email with, hey, dummy? <laughs> when you're trying to de-escalate it? <laughs> well, you didn't write... How's your podcast? So I was thinking of it, but I feel like that's gotten so predictable from me. And also all the talk of uh, audio equipment, uh, she may have her own podcast. I'm sure she does. I'm sure it's great. 
This is my favorite. This is so funny. <laughs> this is my favorite. I love it so much. Have fun listening to other podcasts that don't get two and a half million downloads a month. God, that made me laugh the most. And just that he called a listener dummy. <laughs> so, so I just, the word, the, the, like, dummy is just a funny word. And especially for adults to be calling each other that. Mm-hmm. It's just so funny. Um, so I looked up some information because th- there was a lot of years where they really did think they were getting two and a half downloads, two and a half, 2.5 million downloads per episode, right? Mm-hmm. And then they found out that that was grossly overstated. But so I did a little bit of research. And in 2019, when now podcasts are way more popular than they were, but there are a lot more. So then I don't know the math on that. Um, to get to be in the top 1% of all the podcasts in the world, you get three thirty six thousand downloads a podcast, an episode. <laughs> and he thought they got two and a half million. And that's like serial. That's going to be like your big ones, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's funny and sad. <laughs> I mean, it's not his fault. No, he was told that. Yeah. I wonder how many sponsors they went to with that information. Is that why Chateau Saint-Michel stopped advertising oh, maybe. with them? Maybe. <laughs> they found out their real numbers. Yeah. Well, I also think in 2012, people probably didn't know. No. What, what that actually, what the actual numbers were um maybe they stopped chateau saint michelle stopped because uh we broke the place up every single year that we were there <laughs> i honestly think i think it really um started to ramp down once they um joined in with apm yes i think that's what it is that it was kind of an odd personal deal that didn't really jive well right. with the Right. When they got into the corporate structure. I'm sure there wasn't any bad blood or anything. It was yeah. just sort of a, a different animal for them now. Yeah, I'm sure that they have to go through different hoops to get um, mm-hmm. sponsorships. And it, they probably didn't want to commit to a huge sponsorship package or whatever. Although I really did enjoy every time they would say, Chateau Saint-Michel is the official wine sponsor of yes. TBTL. Yes. And some of those contests were so fun. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't drink wine, and I don't think I even participated in any of them, but I really liked it. Yeah. It was, it was fun. really fun listening to other people's mm-hmm. ideas and entries on that. And the picnic, I mean, that place is amazing. It's so beautiful. Yeah. I'll have to go there sometime. Yes. You also don't like wine, so. We'll Not find- Jeremy. Jeremy today suggested that some outlet mall is so wonderful <laughs> that he wants to take us there shopping for Crocs. Yes. The Why next not? time we come. <laughs> and I said, no, thank you, Rich Kazarian. <laughs> he was so funny. Okay, I've been to this outlet mall. It's been there for probably 10 years. It's nothing special. It has most of the stores that you see in outlet malls. It's a little higher end because they have like coach and stuff like that. 
Burberry because of the Canadians all come down to go to it. But he called me and he's like, this place is amazing. Did you know this is here? I'm like, yes. It's like two exits away from our house. Like it's <laughs> not a big deal. And he was, he just kept calling me and there's an Auntie Anne store and there he's listing up all the stores. Like, oh my gosh. Auntie Anne's pretzels? Yes. I think that those are like required to be at every mall anyways. Okay. So it's not like this is where we take the old pretzels that didn't sell at the other places. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that would be amazing. (laughs) Well, okay. If it's only two exits, then maybe I will agree to go with Jeremy to the outlet mall. I might be exaggerating. It might be five, but I mean, it's still close-ish. That's okay. You know I like car rides. Yeah. The, so, um, yeah. So I guess we're gonna go to the Croc store. Is that where you would like to go? No, but oh. that's what Jeremy was advocating. Yeah. I mean, hopefully he doesn't get you as his secret Santa this year because I know what you're getting. Oh no. <laughs> if he asks your shoe size, do not answer. Mm-hmm. It'd be a whole Cinderella kind yes. of situation. <laughs> okay, we have to talk about Luke's. Hank Hill voice oh my in this gosh. clip. I do not watch King of the Hill, mm-hmm. but that sounded like a really impressive uh, impersonation. Yes, he did a very good impersonation. And I became the ghost of Christmas past screaming, Arlen, Texas! Arlen! <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard him do a voice for that long that didn't become Bill Clinton. And that was pretty close. Mm-hmm. I mean, usually he, it becomes Bill Clinton and all accents sound exactly the same, which is a terrible kind of Scottish hybrid. Yes. That you can't understand what he's saying and then it, it goes into something else or he forgets yep. he's doing it. So he needs to just focus on King of the Hill. That needs to be his thing. I guess. Yeah, we should send him that clip. Yes. I mean, play to your strengths, buddy. <laughs> I also enjoyed that he was kind of telling Andrew there at the end, well, well, you were getting into a beef with the listener. And Andrew was like, I was de-escalating it. And Luke was like, what? You didn't think calling a listener, hey, dummy, was de-escalating the situation? <laughs> and Andrew says, well, you didn't write, how's your podcast? So... Oh my gosh, classic. I think when Luke dies, that's what he should have on his tomb. How was your podcast? Yeah, he'll say <laughs> Luke Burbank, 1976 to whatever. How's your podcast? Yeah, I like it. Perfect. Or what was it that he said when he was thought he was trapped in the mountain because he went hiking in the snow? He died as he lived, not taking anything into consideration or mm-hmm. planning or whatever. Yes, when he went hiking in the waist-deep snow. Yes. <laughs> in the yeah. middle of no summer. No cell service. Didn't mm, tell right. anyone he was going. Yeah. No. All that. Sounds about right. But he did record a message for the listeners, so <laughs> there's that. All right, shall we hit this last clip? Yes. And this is really sad. <laughs> this is our last clip on the last <laughs> show. <laughs> I'm so sad. I don't want to do it. <laughs> then it means it's over. Oh. Just think about our crazy ex-girlfriend recaps. Okay. Okay. Even though it's not a show. Even though it's not on, we'll still recap it. 
Yeah. Okay. I Start like from it. the beginning. Grease 2. All musicals. We'll just recap musicals. I oh like this already. I'm getting so happy. Okay. So this is a newer one. It comes mm-hmm. from July 20th, 2015. Steve Nelson giving feedback after their 100th APM show. Our listeners are very defense. It's just like we have a pack of moms, like as in our moms listening, and any constructive criticism is is taken as just criticism. Okay, all of that being said, anything you'd like us to work on, emphasize, streamline, what what, what should we focus on through the next hundred episodes? I will give you my honest feedback, which is that I continue to think that sometimes, just sometimes, when you're on a topic, I'm ready for it to be done and move on with my life. And I think that figuring out where that point is, that magic point where you're like, oh, that was just enough, and then moving on. It happens a lot. Like when you guys played Donovan on Friday, mm-hmm. it was per- it was a great setup. I I was cracking up at my desk when I was listening. And then you moved on. And then what was the next thing you guys talked about on Friday? I do most of the shows blackout drunk. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but no, it was. It, I was listening. It was actually the. It was. Oh, it was the Gawker thing. The Gawker. Oh right. Uh, and I was just like, yeah, I'm kind of done with this. Maybe I just didn't like the topic. I don't know. Who knows? Well, you guys are great. I've just been, keep doing. Just yeah. keep being you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our boss is such a dick. <laughs> I've been getting feedback from people too, though that are that are not even people with professional radio ears like yourself, Steve. That kind of indicate the same thing. I, I feel like. I feel like. There is a split in the audience as to whether or not we should even um, be kind of tackling some of the, the the headier issues. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think back to when the first time you were on the show and you said, you know, that you guys went on for about, you know, 40 American Pies talking about, um, you know, unpaid internships. And um, and you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's what I turned you guys for. And so I think about that a lot. And I've sort of heard other people say it. But I also know that other people say that, like, if we're just trying to yuck them up all the time, then they're going to lose what they like about the show. So I'm not yeah, saying that I, to put you on the spot. I'm just saying these are the things I think about as well. I think it's a balance. And I, I, I honestly think that if you guys never talked about any serious stuff, it wouldn't be – I don't want joke from you guys. Um, but, but, you know, I'm also not looking for deep political insights. Mm-hmm. So somewhere in the middle, I think it's a yeah. balancing act. But here's a more pressing question. Okay. Why 15 songs for Song of the Summer? 16. 16? 16, 16? Yeah. 16? Yeah. Oh, maybe I misheard you in that on Friday. I thought you were saying Well, one of them is songs. a play-in song. <laughs> is it really? No, that's just an NCAA bracket <laughs> joke for I know. people who are I nerds out there. I that. Um, all right, let's see here. So I guess that's it. That was the constructive criticism is keep it shorter, which is useful for us. Um, so far, so good on 100 days, and we are not fired. Is that what I'm getting from this? Uh, yeah, that is correct. You are, you are uh, doing great. Uh, sounds good. Uh, keep it tight when it should be. Uh, also, that Us Three song was called Cantaloupe. Not yes. Hand on the Torch. Right, Hand on the Torch was the I know album, that. right? Right when I, I, I heard, I was listening back to that show, and I was I was screaming at myself through the car stereo because, of course, it's Cantaloupe. Everybody knows that. I'm an idiot. <laughs> it's all good. I only, I only threw my phone across the room once during that episode. <laughs> oh. so. Okay, and I really wish that he would have have been stronger with this feedback. He gave some really good feedback really and then he backed good down feedback. on it. 
Uh, that is the Midwestern way. <laughs> That's true. He's like, ooh. But do you think that he really felt that way or was it a bit because or he feels that way and he didn't want to be like, oh, this is awkward. I don't want to say it on their show. I'm their boss. This could be seen as unprofessional. Nope. I think he really felt that way. I think he was fine with saying it to them on the show. But I think he's just a very mild personality. He's very quiet and not exactly laid back, but it's just classic Midwestern. Sometimes <laughs> you should do the, or, uh, you know, there was something really interesting and you talked about it and then you just moved on fine. But then you talked for an hour about something that, I mean, he didn't say it, but no one cares about. I, and I think, you know, he also does understand that he has to approach the wild animals gently and slowly yes. <laughs> with his hand outstretched. Yes. Yes. He did figure out their personalities very quickly. Yeah. So when he says sometimes, just sometimes <laughs> when you're on a topic, I'm ready for it to be done and move yes. on with my life. <laughs> That's so good and so true. Because that's how I feel with TBTL, that every topic goes on for 10 minutes too long. Yes. It's like uh, Saturday Night Live skits. Yes. You're like, oh, this was funny for two minutes, and but it's actually seven minutes long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they always have a point more and more lately where it seems like they could easily wrap up this discussion and move on. Mm-hmm. And one of them will be like... Well, but this one more thought. Oh, I know you were getting ready to move on, but I'm just mm-hmm. going to say this. And yes. then we're off to the races again. I'm like, mm-hmm. you were so close. Well, and I also think that that's part of Andrew has a point he wants to make. And then Luke mm-hmm. interrupts him. And then it yes. goes way off. And then Andrew's like, I still wanted to make my point. Like it was well thought right. out. And and usually it is a great point. But now this topic has gone on t- for 25 minutes. Andrew only spoke for 30 seconds. Yeah, that's a really good point, Christy, yeah. is that Luke takes up all the air yes. in the room for a lot of the time. Yes. And Andrew just wants to say the thing that he's thought of. That's always a good point. It is. I mean, I'm usually like lockstep in with Andrew's, like the way he thinks. So oh, yeah. it <laughs> it frustrates me sometimes too. Maybe they need a timer. I get Ooh. something else with a bell on it. and. <laughs> More bells. <laughs> That's what they need. That's all they needed. More bells. Although, uh, no, they've tried that before because Luke will say, like, put four minutes on the timer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then stop the timer. minutes later. <laughs> but then Steve also tells them that they should aim for a balance on silly versus serious, which mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. I think for most of us, we do come to tbtl for like companionship and entertainment but they are real people and they do experience the world they're not in the little bubble although sometimes it does kind of feel that way but it's good to know i i think that having the serious discussions is what really brings people closer together yes not all the jokes so i like it when they talk about real things because again it reminds me that they're smart because when they have real conversations it's not usually Luke just pulling stuff out of his butt Mm. for 20 minutes I'm like oh yeah 
these guys are smart and thoughtful and sensitive. Yeah, and, and they actually live in the world. Mm-hmm. And they thought about it, and it troubles them. Mm-hmm. And more of that. I mean, Luke has learned his lesson about voting. Yes. <laughs> That's a victory for all of us. Yes. If nothing else comes from TBTL. He might, I, I cannot believe, I don't think it will actually happen, but I cannot believe that he is even contemplating going to battleground states to help people register to vote. I know. This is like a, who is this? Kind of awesome, isn't it? Yes. I love it. Here's the other thing that we have to talk about as far as this clip goes. Right at the end, <laughs> when Steve Nelson says... That he did not even throw his phone. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> so, do you think he was listening to us? Do you? Were we even around? We were. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I wonder. I mean, I think that. I think Luke has said before, like people are probably throwing their phones. Um, yes, I mean that's where we got it right. right. They used right. it on TVTL, and mm-hmm. then we adopted it because. It's, it's funny amazing. and perfect, but uh, and then they said that they don't. Res- what did they say? They, they don't, don't acknowledge, acknowledge that it's a thing. Yep. Yeah. I was like, okay, dude, you started the thing. <laughs> you started, you and your boss it says the you, thing. Your boss says it. <laughs> this this is not on us. You can't blame us no. for this one. <laughs> blame yourself. But it really was a perfect. A perfect button on it. I miss Steve Nelson. Me too. I thought he was great. I didn't have anything against their next boss at all. I mean, not that we heard from him. I think mm-hmm. Nate was yeah. that. I mean, it must be really weird if TBTL is a show that you inherit. Oh, for sure. And Steve Nelson still is a donator. Uh-huh. We hear from him every year. And if they, like, when they run into him at conferences, they always mention it and he, like, comments on something on the show. So... If you are not somebody who, like, knew about TBTL and was into this weird thing and you just were expecting to be, you know, in charge of normal podcasts, it would be so hard to figure out what <laughs> so to do. Weird. Yeah. Like, their new boss is like, okay, so I manage In the Dark, um, mm-hmm. Terrible Things for Asking, and TBTL. Hmm. How do I wrangle this? <laughs> And TBTL, they won't check their APM email. Nope. They don't even know the passwords. They won't fill out their time cards. Won't do the training in, until they're about to be shut off. Mm-hmm. I bet Steve Nelson gets his um, bobbleheads mailed to him. <laughs> yeah, but it'll be it'll come and Andrew's head will be broken off. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've seen a few of those posts on yeah, the stage. Yeah, I've seen that too. That's okay. That seems somehow fitting, frankly. Yeah. Well, Steve, we miss you. You also had your own theme song, which was kind of awesome. Well, Christy, them's the clips. See, we made it. That's good. I'm going to cry. Maybe we could just do a pretend clip show. We'll just just fire up the microphones. Yeah. I mean, that's what friends do, you know. You just talk to each other without the pretense of imaginary radio show. Yeah, but then who will appreciate our great jokes? (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. With that, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Check out our merch in the merch store. It's still there. It's still going to be there for a while. You know, a lot of it is TBTL themed. And so I would assume that people might still want to get those middle-aged momish 10 mugs or something like Mm -hmm. that. Doesn't hurt us to keep it running, right? Nope. So check that out, please. Um, Also, our Amazon link is active for now. Who knows what will happen with that? Little redbandwagon.com slash Amazon. We'll get it figured out. It's new. It's changed. It's Mm -hmm. fun. Scary. It's growth. (laughs) You know what my therapist calls my growth edge. I think Luke's therapist calls it his growth edge, too. I think that's a therapy term. We're just experiencing that here. It's a little red bandwagon. Yeah. I call it, I don't like it. Change is scary. (laughs) I don't want to do it. (laughs) Mommy, Daddy, what did I do something? This is my fault. fault. I'll be good, I promise. This is Bobby's fault, frankly. (laughs) Yeah. This this divorce is Bobby's fault. (laughs) You know what you did. (laughs) All right. Get involved. You can, for now, you can go to littleredbandwagon.com. We'll keep throwyourphone.com open. Oh, heavens, yes. Like, please, we've been getting so, I mean, we'll probably go over this in our next recap or our final recap, but we've been getting the nicest emails and feedback from people. Keep them coming. It's so great. We'll probably read some on the air on our final show they're so great they're making us cry and they're making us laugh and we love all Mm -hmm. of you um Mm -hmm. so just keep those coming if it's harder to um remember our email address or you don't want to just go to throwyourphone.com and fill it out we're getting them both ways um you can go to our facebook page for now again um which is laura bandwagon and our show twitter lrb podcast Email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com and send us those voice memos now, especially because we want to hear if you have something to say to us or that you want to say a goodbye to our show or anything, send it to us Mm -hmm. and we will play it. We're really stuck on a name for the new show at this point. We're not getting a lot of traction. So send us ideas too. Please. I suggested that we just keep operation hot dog which is what we've been (laughs) calling it and hillary was like over my dead body yes Yes. no (laughs) i'm sure that's taken that has to be like some terrible porn or something (laughs) oh christy (laughs) sorry grandma (laughs) uh well yes uh christy i have so much enjoyed these fun times with you no. we're, we're talking about the craziness of sean detori um what else have we talked about all the times that luke has left things in airports and airplanes and cabs all his diets um i i mean you know i think we've done at least three dozen of these oh my gosh we need so. to have a clip show of our clip shows <laughs> the highlights of our shows well, now this is getting a little bit meta. <laughs> and? Good point. Yeah. We're just as funny as Sean DeTori. <laughs> well, with that, why don't you get us out of here? All right. Until next time, this is the next party. <laughs> There's never going to be a party again. 
It's just us crying alone in our rooms. <laughs> but no matter how sad and lonely we are, we still love you, Jen. And I love you, Anne. Love you, Christy. <laughs> Too bad we'll never see each other never. or speak with one nope. another again. All because of Bobby. This is your fault. You ripped us apart. He's going to be very surprised when he finds out. <laughs> Nailed it.